I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror code. Exploitation-filled podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. of Astro Radio Z. This is the first gathering of the, the original Cinema Wasteland crew <laughs> on my podcast. This is a monumental <laughs> occasion, folks. We're here tonight to talk about one of our true passions in this world, heavy metal horror films. Now, what is a heavy metal horror film? Eric, when we talk about heavy metal horror films, what pops into your mind? Uh, well, it's definitely, I mean, typically from the 80s and stuff. There's a couple that were in the late 90s, but it's got to have a rockin' soundtrack with a heavy metal band in it. There's usually a lot of the whole, like, watch out, satanic themes to it, you know, don't let your kids listen to rock and roll kind of thing going on. I was obsessed with a few of these films back in the day, and I know Corey and I, when we first met and we first started talking, we almost exclusively talked heavy metal horror films for a while to the point where you actually got, and longtime listeners of Astro Radio Z will be aware of this, Mr. John Fasano, the director of Black Roses and Rock and Roll Nightmare, rest in peace. We got him on the show. So I know Corey is an immensely huge heavy metal horror film fan. Corey, what is, what's the first heavy metal horror film you remember watching? The first one that I remember watching, I don't know if it was the first one, but it was the one that stood out. It's the one that stands out to this day, and it's Black Roses. It was the kind of place where nothing much ever happened. But the nightmare of every parent in town has just arrived. The disciples of the devil are invading our town and threatening to steal our children away from us. Turn up the power! Turn up the lights! We're on a mission and we rock all night! Now here comes the biggest thing to hit Mill Basin ever, and they try to stop it. They don't understand what a great honor this is. They didn't have to pick Mill Basin for their first concert. 
causes any real harm to them. Once their fears are laid to rest. The stage is set. The message given. The virus of evil turned loose. another heavy metal horror film that, that not only captured, because, I mean, it was a real thing. I mean, not to sound like an old fart, but back in the 80s, there really were uh, some some hearings and and things about the dangers of heavy metal and what it's doing to people. And so, so I mean, whether or not it was ever going to go anywhere, I guess, is up for debate. But um, still, you know, to have people, you know, trying to take something away 
like that because they misunderstand it. But Black Roses was the movie where they didn't misunderstand at all. The parents were actually right. So it's a uh, it's just a perfect and the soundtrack is is uh, superb. Lizzie Borden, um, a lot of good music on that thing. But um, John Fasano, I mean, that's what I think. I think Black Roses, I think Rock and Roll Nightmare, I think John Fasano. And that's really for me. I mean, you know, Trick or Treat's a great one. But for me, it begins and ends with John Fasano. Black Roses, I actually, for a, a few years now, ever since we we started, you know, down the journey, and you can go back to our John Fasano episode if you want to hear our story, how Corey and I tried to get a Black Roses 2 off the ground, which unfortunately didn't happen, um, but <laughs> so is like I remember there being a lot of zeros um, yes. involved that it was like, you got to be out of your fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. that would have been so awesome. But, I mean, it is, yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, I, I actually got Amanda to see. She was not aware that this was even a subgenre in, in film at all. I, I continually keep shocking her with the depths to which the horror genre goes. Constantly. And uh, she actually saw Black Roses. What were what is your thoughts about Black Roses? Oh, I loved every cheesy, ridiculous second of it. Like, what is it that appealed to you about Black Roses? I like I like campy, cheesy horror movies to begin with. Like, just kind of um, movies that are overly corny. And this movie, to me, on its face, is just overly corny. There's, like, fleeting moments that are supposed to be serious and hard-pressed, but 95% of it is just, like, laugh your asshole off funny to me. Is that is that because you have guys in huge teased hair wearing leather that, that's in Vs across their chest yeah. and uh, 16-year-old girls creeping on 45- to 50-year-old dads yeah. playing Jim, yeah. Jim Rummy? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and and dudes getting sucked into speakers and all sorts well, of and shit. And the makeup is really funny. And like, there's that scene where the guy gets eaten by the speaker or the um, yeah, the speaker. Yeah, or something like that. the he's soprano. Eaten, yeah, yeah, he's eaten by it, and it's like, <laughs> it's just so cheesy. I can't get enough of it. Oh, I absolutely love Black Roses. Blade. When you think of heavy metal horror films, what comes to your mind? Rocks over blood, man. There is there is nothing else for me. What is it about Rocktober Blood? How incredibly fucking bad of a movie it is. <laughs> is that kind of like an intrinsic thing to some of these heavy metal horror films is that the camp value is so high? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the thing that's insane about it too is like a lot of these movies don't seem to understand how musicians actually operate either. Like that, the editing is really awful and completely off. Or like, like I pointed out with you on the phone the other day, like nobody fucking packages drumsticks in a cardboard box with newspaper like they do in uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare. So, <laughs> Rock and Roll Nightmare. Let's just be honest. That exists in a world of its own. It was as if a Martian came down. It's so fucking weird. It is one of the weirdest things. Ever now, Corey, John Michael Thor, talk to me about John Michael Thor, the John star Ma of Rock and Roll Nightmare, fucking legend, man. No, John Michael Thor, um, 
I don't know if you guys have had the opportunity to watch the I Am Thor documentary, but uh, it, it really goes, I mean, I, you know, what do I know about John Michael Thor above that he was in that cool movie and then made a bunch of, you know, Viking, uh, <laughs> Norse God, uh, heavy metal themed albums for about 30 years. Yeah, John, the f- fucking rock and roll nightmare is just it shouldn't even like you said it shouldn't even exist like how does that even happen yeah how do you wind up with john michael thor and then john fasano directs it and there's all these weird little creatures running around in that final scene with what thor is wearing i am triton the archangel you've overstepped your line again bob it is a creator's highest law that keeps you in your dark place and yet you and your brethren still insist and coming into this world, try and steal a place in the world of the living. When will you ever learn? So, you wish to battle with me again? This is the last time you interfere with my plans. Today, you will be the loser. Yeah, well, what they're wearing the entire time. I mean, like, the band's, like, fucking cutting their album and, like, their full-on makeup and stuff, which, like, nobody <laughs> nobody does that. No. <laughs> then I love how, like, uh, they just have all, like, the really generic, like, girlfriends in that movie, too. Like, that one chick. They're, like, on their fucking honeymoon, and, like, she's knitting sweaters and shit, and it's, like, yeah, I don't know. That movie's insane. Yeah, well, half of that movie is just these dudes fucking these chicks. Yeah, it's it's softcore. It's basically a softcore film. <laughs> and John Michael Floor has bigger tits than any of the women in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that epic scene where him and the redhead are in, in the, the shower. shower. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> He's just like dominating the tits. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I sat down with with some people and they had never seen Rock and Roll Nightmare. And I'm like, oh, you want to watch a a great bad movie? All right, here we toss it in. About halfway through, you know, there's the the second act of that film is essentially just a succession of softcore scenes where a bunch of stupid little puppets will pop in at the bottom of the screen and then go away. And they look over at me and they're like, we should have known better. Why, why didn't have you do this? <laughs> so, Blade, what do you think is the quintessential kind of like, if you were going to write a heavy metal horror film, what is the story that most of these films have? The lead singer is always dead, man. Somebody's fucking dead. Can we have uh, I would like to, and they come back from the dead. I would like to, could we have a... Uh, a heavy metal horror film where the lead singer didn't die in the first place. <laughs> How first unique the devil fucking... reincarnated. Well, exactly. that is 
Yeah. Yeah, that is part of it. It's, it's either there was uh, a lead singer or a band member that was really into satanic shit. Mm-hmm. He dies. Yeah. And, and somebody finds his record and tries to resurrect him and becomes possessed and they go on a killing spree. They're summoning Satan. Summoning? Summoning zing zing. <laughs> hey, it's these buzz balls. They got me all screwed up. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Those buzz balls. She buys these fucking little drinks that look like those little huggies that you would buy for kids that, you know, like the, the Kool-Aid in a can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, it, but it's booze. We bo- I open one, she opens one, we we take Cheers. one swig, yeah. we, we take one swig, it's like, holy fuck, this is nothing but pure schnapps. It was awful. <laughs> Tastes like like arsenic. Yeah, tastes like somebody gave me lighter fluid and wanted, I I had to drink it. So he anyway. decided to kill the anthill behind the house with them yeah. instead of drinking yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so anyways, usually there is some sort of album that is resurrecting demons, zombies or or a killer ex-band member and the town or a bunch of kids have to band together in order to force the demon back into mm-hmm. The, the record or into hell. As Corey said, it, most of these movies were made during the 80s where there was a heavy metal scare where right. parents thought that if you bought wasps fuck like a beast, you were going to, you were essentially going to turn into a maniac. Right. You yeah. didn't? You did? <laughs> uh, I, I know you did, Blade. Why do you... Why do you think I'm buying buying Bills Above vegetable ruffies by the fistful? <laughs> it certainly <laughs> it certainly wasn't because I was listening to fucking Tears for Fears back in 1985. <laughs> That's what the heavy metal horror film genre essentially is—a bunch of 80s and 90s films about hair metal and thrash metal and heavy metal. And somehow it turns them into ravenous killers. So, I have a I have a list of films, but I wanted to go down the line. I asked everybody to bring in a movie tonight that we'd sit and talk about some movies we think you need to go out and check out. Astro Radio Zombies. So I'm going to start with Eric. Eric, what was the movie you brought in tonight? You think that Astro Radio Z listeners should check out if they're into heavy metal horror films. Well, like Corey said, I, I wholeheartedly agree that Black Roses kind of um, encapsulates that whole parental scare thing. Um, kind of along the same lines, the other one he briefly mentioned, Trick or Treat, was a lot of fun. It's body there! Rock and roll will never die. At least not this Halloween. I've heard of raising spirits from the dead by incantations, right? Yes. I did that by playing the record backwards. You're the bay, and they is you. Sammy Kerr, he's a rock and roll nightmare. I am a big fan of yours. I've got all your records. Shut up! This message is meant for me. Sammy Kerr, his fans won't let him die. He won't let them live. You should be loyal to your hero. Make it turn on you. Rock and roll, rock and roll, rock and roll. 
looks like we better check out the party punch. Starring Mark Price from Family Ties, with special guest appearances by Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons of Kiss. I remember finding it in like the five dollar Walmart bin, and you can go on like IMDb and that shitty photo that's on there with like the really old Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne was like the thing that immediately you know made me like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, why um, would you ever buy that even in a dollar bin that yeah. shitty photoshopped fucking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I checked it out, and it's it's again, it's a great kind of like the parental scare thing of the '80s. You can't listen to to metal, where this kid gets uh, you know, the last record from Gene Simmons, who's a radio station DJ, um, and you know, clichely plays it backwards, and basically, at first he gets like kind of like the gall to like be a punk at school and finally get back at all the guys that are picking on him, but eventually, yeah, he resurrects the ghost or like the demon of like Sammy Kerr. They're like it like um some dance if I remember and basically he just starts electrocuting like guitar solo electrocuting everybody into like dust and I don't know. It's a it's a fun movie. It's a super fun movie, not only because the effects are hokey, there's a lot of really high teased hair. Yeah. Some, some great music in it. But there's, there's also, also that, all that wonderful like like hand drawn uh like magic effects. Yeah. There's that uh that rape scene, like the car rape scene too. Like you know like uh Evil Dead and all that, they always have to have the weird weird rape scene where the girls like listen to the music and the headphones and that goblin like appears in the car and stuff and yeah, it's it's a weird film. It's got so it, one of my favorite things about that is Fastway did the soundtrack oh, yes. to that yeah. one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and one of the best scenes in Trick or Treat is uh, when Ozzy's playing the TV preacher. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's he's complaining about all these songs about death and blah blah blah. And he, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something about what about I love you? That's a nice lyric. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just something very matter of factly from from Ozzy. And then I and then I think Sammy Kerr uh, rips him through the TV or rips him uh, sticks his hand through the TV and kills Ozzy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a that that one's fun because you know every metalhead at some point in their life has felt you know kind of like ostracized or picked on because they listened to metal you know going back to grade school, high school, whatever it is. So that's kind of the the underlying theme there too is just being that kid you're just hoping something cool happens. You just hope it's not resurrecting some demonic singer i always thought that movie had kind of like i thought shocker took a lot of cues from that movie what i'm trying to think when did shocker get made i, I thought that was made after trick-or-treat yeah it, I thought it was in the 90s it, uh, <laughs> shocker shocker came out in november of 89 yeah trick-or-treat would have come out in the fall of 86 yeah yep, 86 yeah that's right well remember shocker has that amazing uh, Paul Stanley song. Yep. We will have the power. <laughs> we will have it always. <laughs> that one yes that one <laughs> that one 
<laughs> yeah, trick or treat. Now, folks, when you look up trick or treat, be sure you put 1986 after yeah, the title. Yeah, there's a ton of trick or treat. Oh, because you know there's that there's the movie that came out, the anthology film. Has right. nothing to do with that one. Has absolutely like the, nothing. The, the or the rails back film too, right? It's really kind of terrible. Yeah, yeah, no, you want the one where it either has that really shitty bootleg-looking fucking cover. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm so used to that fucking cover. I will be disappointed if Shout Factory ever releases that motherfucker and that Photoshop isn't on the reversible side. (laughs) Motherfucker. I'll make my own fucking reversible cover for Trick or Treat with that fucking Aussie. With like fucking nineteen ninety five Photoshop Ozzy on the fucking front. Yeah, it's like that's a thing of beauty. Ozfest, Ozzy. (laughs) You know they just just found that shit on Google and they threw it together in five minutes. The other thing that was really great about that cover that was completely baffling for me, like for the longest time, is on the back they have like a behind the scenes photo of them doing like the uh you know like making that one demon that's in the car and it's like these people that are in a house and i always thought that this demon creature was terrorizing people in the house i was like where the fuck is this scene and then i finally realized that yeah it was like some rando behind the scenes photo they just threw on there and had absolutely nothing to do with the film so that's hilarious i did i did I did not know that. I'm about to uh, pull this off my shelf and see us. On the back of it, there's also a picture of uh, them doing the makeup for Sammy Kerr and some Gene Simmons come hither uh, picture. (laughs) (laughs) Typical 1986 Gene the Molester Simmons (laughs) looking like he's going to violate some young boy. (laughs) 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 Which, by the way, wait, wait. What do I hear? Wait, folks, I I can't believe this, but I think we have Gene Simmons on the line right now. Mr. Gene Simmons, how are you doing tonight? This is Gene Simmons of Kiss. <laughs> so and it's your honor and pleasure, privilege to have me on. So, Mr. Gene Simmons, thank you again for gracing us. I know the last time we had you on the show, we had a technical snafu, so I'm very glad we get this opportunity to sit and interview you tonight about your epic turn in Trick or Treat. And that's the the great thing about Kiss, is some people like steak, and some people like ice cream. (laughs) No, no, Do you have any comments about the DVD photo, uh, the DVD cover of Trick or Treat, which looks like a melted fucking ice cream cone in retrospect? Obviously not licensed through Kiss. Still looking for my check. Do you remember taking that photo, Mr. Simmons? Absolutely. I'll never forget it. What was, well, can you set the stage and paint us a picture of how that picture was created? That picture, I was at the premiere of Meet Wally Sparks. Sorry, Ronnie Dangerfield. <laughs> they caught me off guard. That's I why was you got for my role in Never Too Young to Die. The the, the role in which you you looked like <laughs> so it looked like you had just gotten off of the, the set of uh, Who Wants to Be Lonely, and they decided to bring you on as a transvestite killer. I remember walking through an airport and seeing a sequined shirt, a woman's shirt. And I said, that would look great on stage. 
Well, it didn't. Can you explain, not to get us off the, the track of this amazing film, Trick or Treat, can you please explain to us what the hell happened in the 80s with you? Like, why is every Kiss video out there look like you wanted to violate everyone that you came into contact with? The great thing about the 80s, it was excess. <laughs> thank, thank you, Mr. Simmons. Thank you. That was quite, thank you. Quite illuminating. Thank you, Mr. Simmons. As so, I said before, some people like uh, stink tartare and some people like horse shit. And this is not horse shit. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to open it up to the panel here. Uh, Mr. Blade Braxton, do you have any further uh, questions for Mr. Gene Simmons before we let him go? Uh, yes. Um, we had mentioned this earlier. Uh, You're a powerful and attractive man. Thank you. We were talking about, obviously, we're talking about heavy metal and the heavy metal movies. Uh, obviously, a big, big thing is the songs in the movie. Uh, we And we were talking about Shocker. Were you disappointed that Paul Stanley uh, did not have any songs on the Trick or Treat soundtrack? Again, it goes back to uh, some people like Lobster. And some people get crabs. But that's the beautiful thing about it. We all have our own things that we do. And uh, and absolutely, I was pissed off. Wait, folks, folks, folks. Newsflash. I got another person on the line here. I cannot believe this. Again, how, how lightning strikes Astro Radio Z twice in a lifetime, I have no idea, folks. But Paul Stanley is on the other line with us. Paul? Do you wish to uh, speak to Mr. Gene Simmons' comments about why your songs were not included on the Trick or Treat soundtrack? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Gene's mouth opens and it talks. Paul, Paul, were there any rumors to the fact that Tommy Thayer would have been a replacement for one of the Dudes of Wrath at any point in the past 15 years? Who? Rat? Never heard of him. <laughs> I don't so listen to rap. <laughs> so while I while I have you on the horn here, Gene and, and Paul, we we got to talk about one of the the most classic uh, heavy metal horror films of all time, the TV film that you guys made, Kiss <laughs> the Phantom of the Park. Would you like to give us a little history on what what that film is, and Paul? Why don't you tell me what is the plot of that epic film that you guys made? The plot is we couldn't act. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. That's that's long, long way back at a time when when people were were trying to get us to do everything. Uh, and at that point, they pitched it to us. They said, "This is a hard day's night meets Star Wars." Do you wish they would have been a hard day's night met uh, perhaps Space nineteen ninety nine? Would have been an improvement. There's one. Hot question that I know every last, not only horror film fan, cinema fan, but KISS army member wants to know. What drugs and what booze was Ace drinking or ta and or taking that turned him into an African-American man? <laughs> I think Ace was drinking turpentine. This is true. I've seen him do it before. Like I said, some people like booze and some people like pussy. And I fell into the latter category. <laughs> Eric, do you have any final questions for our our uh, two legends of rock and roll? Yeah, I guess uh, in regards to 
Phantom of the Park, do you think it was a bit lazy that Peter Chris just growled the entire time? Peter Chris was checked out long before that movie. <laughs> That's not even Peter's voice. He sounds like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> uh, have, have any of you guys ever thought of perhaps covering um, That's the Kind of Sugar Papa Likes? I really would like to have gotten uh, Gene or Paul's take on that song. We'll be doing that on Kiss Cruise 12. <laughs> oh, he said it's going to be a Peter Chris solo themed. Peter Chris solo will all be in Catman attire and makeup. <laughs> because Peter did it all, as you know. The Chris Cola Ayatollah. There was nothing he couldn't do, just ask him. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks, Astro Radio Zombies. Gene Simmons admits to Chris, Peter Chris, being. Maybe the finest member of KISS. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Just well, I, I want to thank you guys for coming on my show again. It's been, it been an honor and a pleasure to have you on to sit and talk about Trick or Treat, KISS meets the Phantom of the Park, and finally getting down to the brass tacks of Peter Chris's solo record. Thank you for coming on, guys. And don't forget <laughs> KISSonline.com. We have a tour that we're starting with some kid from American Idol because that's what young people are enjoying. <laughs> we're going out on tour, and we're going to be going way back in the set list, probably a lot of the Peter Chris solo record on of this, <laughs> on this tour. <laughs> I Can't Stop the Rain. It will be an Eric Singer uh, solo performance. <laughs> <laughs> And it will actually rain. <laughs> rain, it'll be raining money. <laughs> All the way to the bank. Thank oh, that's you. an easy thing. Yeah, thank you, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, hopefully at some point we'll have you on again. Don't forget about Soul Station. <laughs> well, nobody wants to hear your, your soul band, please. Want to get licked? <laughs> I got a question for you. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, folks, can you believe it, Mr. Blade Braxton, that we would have Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley on this fine show yet again? I am absolutely speechless. I'm just oh, pissed off. I got to talk to him. Well, Corey, <laughs> yeah. I- yeah. You gotta stop taking. You gotta stop taking a shit every time they come on the show. I can't help it when the call of duty chimes in. You, you were duty. You were you were as silent as Peter Chris on Unmasked uh, in the past fifteen minutes. I was three, and I got the Gene Simmons solo album in oh, 1978. I didn't even know what living in sin meant, but I was going to sing it, and I was going to play the fuck out of it on my Winnie the Pooh record player that was portable. <laughs> <laughs> Did that even have an arm long enough to reach? <laughs> <laughs> like those Fisher-Price yeah. players? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. He just had to rip the arm off and manually do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how you get the demons to come out of there. Yeah. All I know is uh, sometimes when I'm downstairs with the boss, 
she'll go over into the records and she'll pull something out. She always winds up pulling out Ace's solo record, you know, just because it looks cool. Yeah. And then we put it on, but I'm just happy I don't have to explain to her what Snowblind is all about. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's for another day, hon. <laughs> So to, to round this back before we move on to the next film, seeing how we are on a kiss marking out session here, let's quick talk about Kiss Meets the Family of the Park. Sorry to bother you boys. Uh, we had some trouble at the park last night, and uh, well, everything seems to point to you. That's him. Almost tore my arm off. Jean's clean. A pussycat. Almost. Hi, Curly. Look, someone vandalized our park last night, uh, smashed uh, some of our buildings and injured a few of our guards. Well, Gene, they think it was you. Think? It was him. Or his twin. Gene's brother was an only child. Easy, Catman. They are serious. Corey, do you want to tell us what is the plot of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park? From what I've been able to deduce over the years, Kiss is set to play a amusement park, and uh, the amusement park is kind of on tough times. And uh, they have this crazy, weird inventor making these animatronic statues all over the park. And uh, really, he, what he's trying to do is take over the park with these animatronic statues and make some of Kiss and tries to sabotage the entire park for his own evil biddings. And uh, the real Kiss, uh, I'm not even interested anymore in the real Kiss in Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. I'm just so amused by the African-American stand-in for Ace Fraley <laughs> and the Asian guy for Peter Chris. <laughs> that is enough to keep me coming back to that movie over and over again like a mental patient. <laughs> uh, dude, dude, the Gene Simmons, there's something wrong with Gene, the Gene Simmons stunt double. His face, he like, you know, he looks like, um, God, I can't, I can't put the term for it. It looks like someone wedged a fucking stiff dildo up his ass without him knowing. What, are you sure that's a stunt double? <laughs> that movie, the first time I ever saw that movie, I was in this shitty three-piece uh, punk band of a bunch of kiss marks, and they had a VHS, and they pulled out and made me watch it, and I remember just being floored by how immensely shitty Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park is. <laughs> I want to... I, I, it's, it's unfortunate It's unfortunate that Gene and Paul left, but I would like an answer why someone only put Gene and Peter on the fucking cover of that VHS box. Because <laughs> you know they loved each other so much. Yeah. Obviously a World Vision video decision trying to uh, cash in on the success of the Peter Chris solo album 10 years later. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you had watched uh, the, the European version, which is called The Attack of the Phantoms, it actually, all the music that was on uh, the U.S. version that was released on TV and on VHS 
was replaced with music from the solo records. Yes. Oh, weird. But they took out Ace's axe. Yeah. Uh, uh, did they replace uh, Sorry Curly? Um, that I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I, I know a lot so. of the acts are gone, and it's like, man, that's basically yeah. all Ace did for that whole movie. Yep. Maybe, yeah, maybe you guys are smart. Why don't you do the awk edit and take uh, you know, the kiss uh, attack of the phantoms and just insert the awk scenes back? Well, here's the thing: is I only have the uh, the version that was on Kissology. Yeah. Hmm. See, so I've still got the VHS played. I know you got to have that VHS still. I have two of those on VHS. Got it on Laserdisc, though? No. no. Oh, man. Well, you got to get it. You haven't been living, Blade. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're, you're holding out on that Japanese imported uh, Kiss Exposed Laserdisc. Yes. With, uh, <laughs> with the greatest Photoshop of Bruce Kulik ever. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is 200% more photoshopped Bruce Kulick on the cover <laughs> and more of the licking stamps woman yes I love her <laughs> I'm going to find her porno since we're done with this show <laughs> so moving on folks Blade what was the movie you wanted to bring in tonight and talk about oh I don't know man do you want to just talk about Rocktober Blood? From the depths of hell, he's back from the dead to seek revenge on the living. his final victim, the rock and roll star he adored, a madman with a message from hell. Why not, man? Did uh, I? I want to talk about Rocktober Blood Part Two. What the fuck is Rocktober Blood Part Two? Uh, the guy who plays Billy I. Harper was actually the son of the people that made the movie, and now he's going to make Part Two. Oh, Jesus! I'm sure that's just going to be as good as Intercessor, Rock and Roll Nightmare Two. I bet you'll be yeah. right up that alley. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll be right there when he starts the Kickstarter. <laughs> so, so what I want, tell- I want to play Billy. I want to, I want to play the spirit of Billy I. Harper, or Billy I. Harper, because I have the, I have, I still have my Rocktober Blood mask in my fucking closet. 
<laughs> which you do take frequent pictures with on the social medias. Oh, of course, yes, yes, yes. I've actually, I've actually put that mask on and made a movie. <laughs> I've seen that movie and it was quite humorous. Thank you. Which I have a sneaking suspicion is going to is is infinitely better than whatever Rocktober Blood Two will wind up being. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're you're, you're yeah. You're very kind. <laughs> so, Blake, why don't you tell the fine listeners what is the plot of Rocktober Blood? The plot of Rocktober Blood: uh, Billy I. Harper, this heavy metal singer, he dies, and then uh, you know they, they they start getting all these clues. You know, the band continues on, and his girlfriend continues on singing, and he starts getting these clues that Billy I. Harper is back from the dead. And it's just great. It's honestly the first, I think it is the first rock and roll heavy metal movie because it, it came out in 1984. All the other stuff came out in the late 80s, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was mostly, popular. most of the other stuff was all tied to the hair metal explosion. Yeah, this isn't hair metal. This is, mm, what would you, well, it is hair metal, but it wasn't really hair, hair metal. You know what I mean? No, it was like, I think it was, it's more like, you know, like, uh, yeah. The leather daddy metal. <laughs> well, kind of. It just was. It was more in line with where hair metal had more of a pop tinge to it. Yeah. This was a little harder edged yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. And in its core, Rocktober Blood is a slasher flick. Um, yeah. An admittedly really shitty slasher flick. Eric, what do you think of Rocktober Blood? I'm actually, that's one I haven't seen, so I was super excited oh. when you. You tell me, yeah, that's Blade's favorite. So, I think the the soundtrack is the best of them all. Okay, you can listen to the songs from the band Sorcery, who who did the soundtrack, and you can listen to them with your friends around. You wouldn't be embarrassed by listening to those songs, in my opinion. <laughs> Blade, would you would you care to uh, sing to us one of the? How about how about I'm back? I could have been the best I could have had it made because of you and all the rest I wound up in a grave and my dying see hey, by the way did I ever tell you I used to be the number one MySpace karaoke singer <laughs> <laughs> when you least expect it I will attack I'll be hell to pay I'm back. There you go. <laughs>
wish I always wanted. I always wish I knew people that could play in a band. I would have loved to put on my mask, my my Billy I Harper Rocktober Blood mask, and front a band and sing those songs. <laughs> True really story, thought. Blade. This Corey and I were in Madison a couple weeks back. Uh, we went to go see the uh, Captain America Civil War wieners, and um, we found this amazing Acid Witch EP. And which they yes. covered. They covered that tune. Yes. As, as a matter of fact, I think uh, isn't the whole concept of that album uh, like? Uh, don't they do some trigger treat covers too? Don't they do after midnight on there? Yeah, there's a few tunes on there. There's I know there's um, soldiers of the night from Black Roses. Okay. There's party time by Forty Five Grave. Okay. And there's I'm back. And I'm yes. trying to think what the what the third song is. Um, Corey, after midnight. Uh, is there anything from uh, Shock 'Em Dead with Tracy Lords? Oh, speaking of which, Shock 'Em <laughs> Dead is the movie I wanted to bring in tonight to talk Ooh. to you folks about. Shock 'Em Dead, starring Tracy Lords. Shock 'Em Dead. For the girl of his dreams, he'd make a deal with the devil. Shock 'em dead. Shock 'em dead. As you said, star Tracy Lords, which is this wonderfully trashy, shitty little 90s heavy metal horror film. First time I saw this was on Joe Bob Briggs Drive-In Theater on the movie channel back in the early 90s. And what this movie is, it's about this geeky pizza boy named Angel Martin. And I'm getting I'm getting this description straight off of uh, Blumhouse.com. They did a heavy metal horror film uh, list, and uh, because I don't I don't really want to sit, I'll sit and read because they do a pretty good description of it. I'm gonna read it off there. So there's your credit, Blumhouse.com. I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, <laughs> uh, geeky piece of boy Angel Martin sells his soul to the devil in order to become the greatest rock star in the world. Now this dude. He 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 works in this pizza shop. He gets, he gets pizza all over him. He he tries to be a dork. He obviously is not a dork. And he 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 talks with a lisp, and he tries to be a wiener with glasses. And he lives in a trailer. And he goes to try out for this really shitty band where where the singer thinks he's the greatest thing ever. Yet he's wearing a uh, a jean shirt with the sleeves cut off. In, yeah. in jean shorts. Yeah, the dude is super <laughs> homoerotic. Got real snooty. 
it's terrible. And he goes in there and tries out for this band, and it and it sounds like when he starts playing, it sounds like one of those Creed shreds videos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's super fucking shitty. Yeah, he's, and of course he does. He doesn't get the gig, so he wanders out, tries to get his job back because he he uh, left. He quit his job at the pizza parlor to become a rock and roll musician. Obviously, he didn't get the gig, and he <laughs> runs into a voodoo priestess who helps him sell his soul to the devil to get <laughs> to get all of the dual guitar tapping skills that hell can provide him and his groupies <laughs> and from there in order to stay alive and stay the greatest uh, rock wank guitarist of all time he has that he has to kill groupies they kill people <laughs> Is Shock I'm Dead, one of my favorite heavy metal horror films of all time. Uh, Corey, talk, talk to me about the amazing guitar playing or wankery in Shock I'm Dead. See, now, with Shock I'm Dead, that was one that I had, I didn't see it when it came out. I watched it years later, and honest to God, I used to have the VHS, got rid of it, and it's been about, I don't know, 17 years since I've watched that movie. Once a year, I wa- I still watch Shock I'm Dead. <laughs> I, funny, like, I mean, like, I felt like he didn't really sell his soul to the devil as much as he just had to put up with wearing that really huge-ass wig for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> and when he started playing, he turned into <laughs> Michael Beto. Right. Right, and then the weirdest thing, there's there's just like a couple really odd things about that movie. Like, their stepping out party looks like it's at somebody's senior prom. Yes. That like, all these, like, record execs happen to be at, which is just, yeah, it's it's such a weird setup. Um, and, yeah, like, I had read somewhere, too, that, like, dual guitar was really, really heavy because they cut the bottoms off of, like, two really shitty BC riches and glued them together to... <laughs> to make that epic guitar. Well, and that's that's Michael Angelo Beto's his whole gimmick is yeah. doing that tool uh, dual guitar tapping yeah. shit. It's a, it's an amazing movie. Blade Shock 'em Dead. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I I'm with Udler. I I I I saw it later. I've only seen it once. I I know Tracy Lords must like it because I saw her swindle some dealer for a bootleg copy of it a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? At Days of the Dead. Yeah, they're, they're, if you need any more convincing to go get Shock of Dead, get it because that star Tracy Lords likes it so much she had to get a bootleg of it off of a dude. Dude, dude, that was the greatest night ever. That was the night that I I I uh, I slept across the hall. Was slept directly across 
the hall from Tracy Lords. That's how porno movies started in my mind as I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, that's how porno movies end. So in present time. So let me get this right. It was the most epic weekend of your life because you you slept in a room across from Tracy Lewis. <laughs> no, I said it could have been. That's how porn that's how porno movies start. But I'm a bad director in my current age. <laughs> I believe that Shock 'em Dead actually got a DVD release recently. The Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So definitely get out there and pick this one up. If you're a fan of super shitty hair metal, low-rent fucking like cheese ball horror flicks from the early 90s, you'll absolutely love Shock 'em Dead. It fun probably, stuff, fun stuff. It probably was like the last of the, the heavy metal horror films, right? It was, like, it was. I think it was at the tail end of the the whole uh, gimmick. Um, there's still a few that are made here and there. Yeah. Obviously, this last year we had Deathgasm come out, which I thought was a, a an amazingly fun flick. Suppose you could consider that Lordy film part of it too. Although I didn't really get into that as much. See, this is where I, I I start to wonder where the line you have to draw the line on this stuff because I mean yeah, Guar was making films yeah, um, but are those really heavy metal horror films or are those just Guar films? Yeah, Guar films. So I don't really count those as much, um, even though we included Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park, but that was a legitimate movie that got a release. Right. I kind of feel like the, the biggest qualifiers were, yeah, like some sort of satanic resurrection of like a, a heavy metal icon or the whole like parental scare thing that was a big, big deal in the 80s is kind of what made the genre what it was. Would, do, would you consider Slumber Party Massacre 2 a heavy metal horror film? Oh, that's a tough call. Probably not. I'd almost kind of throw that in the same category as like Family of the Paradise, even though think- that one's more like a musical. But, right, I think that's what you and I were talking off air about what really constitutes a heavy metal horror film and what films should be included in. And I always thought it had to have some link in, like, having musicians be killers or an integral part of the plot has to be one of the main features of that film to be considered a heavy metal horror film. Yeah. The music and the musician needs to be in there in some capacity. but So that's why I was wondering, I mean, Slumber Party Massacre 2 is more rockabilly than right, right. heavy metal. So Like the rock and roll horror kind of thing, but you know, I, I don't, it's kind of not in the heavy metal camp as much. Well, let's round this out. Corey, what was the movie that you wanted to bring in and talk about? Well, the one that, in my opinion, and I don't know when, because we didn't even talk about Terror on tour, right? Um, that's a fu- that's a strange little movie. Blade, you've seen that, haven't you? No, I have not. Oh my god, am I the only one who's probably seen that thing? Yeah, I've, I've actually seen it. I know of it, but yeah, I haven't seen it. Derek, it's we it's bizarre. It's a strange, strange movie. But um, the one that's probably, and I don't know what year that one came out, but. To me, it's 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 a rock and roll nightmare with John Michael Thor from uh, from John Fasano. Just because, it, to me, it, it has everything. When you say heavy metal horror film, 
it has a heavy metal band recording uh, music somewhere and the devil shows up and then Triton and the devil and you know it's a, it's a whole um, it has every every bit of it plus it's got you know like Derek said it's got tons of, of nudity which is always nice <laughs> why don't you give uh, the listeners an elevator pitch as to what is Rock and Roll Nightmare what is the synopsis well Rock and Roll Nightmare and I didn't want to give um, you know, just some bland synopsis. So I went looking for one online and uh, a website called not coming to a theater near you uh, says about rock and roll nightmare, a cheap, incompetently rendered film, but it's not a deceptive one. Um, another website said the movie has absolutely everything you could possibly want from high spirited trash, dodgy foam monsters, uh, clumsy dialogue, bizarrely flat performances, an ending that makes no sense and a scene with the blonde in the shower and all that. So, <laughs> um, but basically the band's, uh, the band's going to, um, record a new album and, and little do we know there's a, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a, a big surprise for everyone at the end. And, uh, I, I will never ever for the life of me ever be able to forget John Michael Thor in that weird, and I, I don't want, I almost want to call it like a leather Borat swimsuit. <laughs> and uh, having these, these foam <laughs> starfish thrown at him. And he, it's, it's basically like that scene in, in Ed Wood where he's, Lugosi gets in the, the lake, you know, the man-made lake with the octopus and asks how you turn it on. And Wood tells him just wrestle around with it and make it look like it's trying to kill you. And uh, that's what John Michael Thor, you know, all 300 pounds of juiced up muscle head fighting these little rubber <laughs> starfish at the end of it. But the, the, the devil, at him and he's got to grab him to bring him to, him to himself. But that 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 Satan that uh, that shows up at the end is uh, one of the greatest monsters. I mean, it, it's Roger Corman. Uh, you know, circa beast from haunted cave quality, and I, I love everything about it. And just John Michael Thor being all jacked up and oily and weird, you know, <laughs> the oily and weird. There, there's something uh, heterosexually satisfying about watching. <laughs> Did you get the subtext of that last statement, folks? <laughs> Is there an oily and weird subgenre? <laughs> there has to be. It's called uh, Swords in Scandal films or Peplum. Yes, it's called it's called whatever that Full Moon Thor movie was. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Fuck! But I was over at Corey's <laughs> one day, and he had the Full Moon streaming channel, and there was a two-bit bootleg Thor movie on there, which essentially was nothing but one dude wearing a, wearing this little like codpiece running around in some dude's like backyard with a sword for an hour and a half. It oh, it makes me so happy because I just spent $5 for that during Full Moon's Valentine's Day spell. Good for you. It's well. the best $5 you'll ever spend. Oh, it's there great. Isn't one, there isn't one fucking thing in that movie that has anything to do with Thor, the, the comic book character, or the, uh, the the mythical character. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just a really uh, low-rent, so like Derek said, like a sword and sandal uh, type movie with some wizards and shit and it, Dude, it's, it's nonsense. Like so, There's nothing like Thor so, about it. 
Yeah, no, it, it's like someone saw a Dragon Slayer and said, hey, man, we got 10 bucks. We can make a knockoff of Dragon Slayer. <laughs> just I like the, the Lou Ferrigno Hercules movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Blade, Rock and Roll Nightmare. What what probably is the thing that brings you back to Rock and Roll Nightmare over and over and over again? The, the real Thor. Not the full moon Thor, man. <laughs> John Michael Thor. There's that epic scene where he's where they're record they're starting to record in this barn and they start singing energy. Energy takes me where I wanna be, and you're where I wanna be, girl. You give me energy takes me where I wanna be, and you're where I wanna be, girl. You give me. Oh yeah, that song's great. But again, like the drums are totally off in that whole thing. It's so so weird. <laughs> There's nothing that's on about for, that. For like dudes that are like in bands, it's like you think you could at least get that part right. But if you want to hear, have an entertaining uh, listen to a commentary, listen to John Michael Thor and John Fasano on uh, the Synapse. A DVD release of Rock and Roll Nightmare, oh, and their man. commentary track is gold. That's got to be amazing. It is pure gold and hilarity. They well, knew exactly what they were making, and course. they had humor about it. Yeah, and you can tell. And and just a side note on on John Michael Thor's music career. If you um if you listen to some of these his earlier stuff, it's almost disco, and then um. Oh God, I can't remember the, the, the name of the album, but the first Thor album, like Let the Dogs Loose or something yeah. it's called, I can't remember. Um, he, he's starting to do that more like that energy type of sound. And uh, nowadays he's kind of doing like a, you know, like a Viking metal, like something that might sound like newer Saxon. So uh, the, the, the history of John Michael Thor is rich with different genre <laughs> experiments. I would definitely, if you... If, if any of this sounds great to you, uh, you you can just get sold by going on YouTube and checking out the epic final battle. But I would recommend you just watch the whole movie, to be honest. Yeah. You can cheat and go to the final battle. But if you watch the whole movie and reach the final battle, it's like icing on the cake. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you had just endured <laughs> an hour and a half to get to maybe one of the greatest scenes ever committed to celluloid. That, that ending battle is absolutely amazing. But I have a big caveat with this. After you watch it, you will learn that there is a sequel called The Intercessor, 
wipe that from your memory. Yeah, don't do it. Just don't watch it. It was made without John Fasano's uh, consent, and it it is one of the most perplexing, confounding, horrible pieces of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. It's insulting to the legacy of John Fasano. <laughs> it's insulting to the legacy of rock and roll nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. It's an abomination. So, heavy metal horror films, folks. I'm gonna I'm gonna round this episode out, and I'm gonna list a few more that I think you guys should you should check out. Uh, we've talked about obviously Shock 'Em Dead, Rocktober Blood, Rock and Roll Nightmare, Black Roses, Trick or Treat, Deathgasm. I talked about earlier, which was made. It's an Aussie film made a few years ago. Great stuff, mostly death metal. Um, death metal zombies, which everyone should go check out Todd Cook made that flick. It's an epic shot on video uh, horror film. Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, Heavy Metal Massacre, which perhaps is one of the top three worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. If you like watching... Didn't that just get like a special release through something, someone? Dude, my, uh, my ex and I did an episode a few years ago about heavy metal massacre and if you want to go back and listen to my thoughts on that go check out that episode you'll find it um it's in the archives but if you like watching a dude in a leather jacket with a big teased blonde wig stand next to a wall while the camera pans and looks at all of his velvet artwork on his on his apartment wall for 90 minutes then you'll love heavy metal massacre because that's all it is. I hate art films. <laughs> <laughs> so Heavy Metal Massacre, um, Lords of Salem, I will definitely count as a yeah for sure. There's a uh, Heavy Mental by Trauma. Right, that was also on my list. That's a, that's a pretty fun. If you like super low rent shit, you'll love Heavy Mental. That's a really fun one. Cradle of Fear. Which was oh, yeah. a shot on video flick that uh, Danny Filth from uh, Cradle Cradle of Filth was involved in. That was actually really good. Yep, that's a good one. It's an anthology flick. So go out, check out some of these flicks, uh, and if you if you would like to sit and talk more about it, hit me up on the Twitter at Astral Radio Z or contact me at Astral Radio Z Podcast at Gmail dot com. Anyways, folks. Let's go ahead. Last question for everyone. We're going to go down the line here. Favorite song from a heavy metal horror film, Blade. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to go. It's, it's rough, man. It's tough. It's tough. I really, I really love After, after Midnight from Trigger Treat.
I gotta go with the jam that I, I was singing earlier, man. Uh, I'm back. That's just er, makes you wanna makes you wanna cut someone's head off and then do like a javelin throw of said head into the concert crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Corey J. Elder, was uh, perfect. Yeah, it's it's me against the world from Lizzie Borden out of Black Roses. We threw it out there before, but yeah, energy from the Tritons and Rock Roll Nightmare. Not to like sidetrack this much more either, but the other thing that's kind of cool about the 80s was all the hair metal bands trying to break through in horror films. So I just wanted to give a shout out to another song I really dug, uh, White Sisters' April Urinal Fool from Killer Party. Good stuff, and I'm going to I'm going to pick, perhaps, Soldiers of the Night from Black Roses. Mm-hmm. 
that song is flipping amazing. Anything, the whole Black Roses soundtrack is one of the greatest soundtracks ever made. Definitely go pick up. Well, that's the thing about these movies. You don't, you don't only just have the movies themselves, but they were filled with great, if you're fans of hair metal from back at that time, yeah. all of the soundtracks are super fun it's and fun. still hold up today. Yeah. Loaded with them. And not only that, the packaging, um, if you go back to Black Roses, I mean, th- that's why that movie, you know, to me is, it's not just a great heavy metal horror movie. It's just, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But going to the video store and seeing that VHS box, and it was that 3D topographical, whatever the hell that word would be, you know, where, where it was like popping out of the actual embossed box. cover. Yeah, yeah, the 3D cover, you know, so they had, you know, cool packaging on it, too. So not only is the movie cool and the soundtrack is fantastic, but then you, you'd see that and uh, that sells the entire thing. That cover art is beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's an epic one. So, folks, thanks for listening to another episode of Astro Radio Z. This is the point in the show where we shill the li- ever living fuck out of you guys you want to check out my guests uh wares this is the the moment in the show where you get to hear where you could find them eric why don't you talk about your your new podcast and your various endeavors in art uh yeah i, I started a new podcast a couple months ago um the Eric rock radio hour i'll actually have a new episode coming out later this week but um yeah just basically share a bunch of music i like you can find it on facebook at e E-R-T-R-O-K, and then Radio Hour. And other than that, yeah, I got a, a new band in the works, so um, there'll be music from that soon, too. Can you uh, talk about it at all, or is it still top secret? It's still kind of top secret. We're about, like, four practices in, so... Um, but soon enough, so probably by next time. So Awesome. Can't wait. Mr. Corey Odler, do you have anything to show? Uh, topographical. That was the word I was trying to say. now now that i had 30 seconds to sit here and think about it i'm going what the fuck was that word i was trying to come up with (laughs) but no the only thing i have to plug is the stillborn goat 666 heavy metal podcast on the astro radio z network and uh this week our our guests are called crucial rip and uh long rip (laughs) evisceration is their album so please go go check it out it's good party music Yep. Just down. Just, what? Why are you losing your shit over Crucial Rip here, Amanda? I don't know. <laughs> crucial Taunt in Wayne's World. She, she doesn't. It's my fucking scenes in Wayne's World playing out in my mind. Trust me, Crucial Rip sounds nothing like Crucial Taunt. There's what was her name? What was the the girl's name in, uh, uh, in Wayne's World? Uh-huh. Oh, Tia Carreras. Yes, yeah. she's definitely not in Crucial Rip. No, Cassandra. Cassandra, yeah, 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 Cassandra. <laughs> well, definitely go check out that episode of Stillborn Goat Six 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 Heavy Metal Podcast. Uh, Mr. Blade Braxton, Shill. As always, you can find my lovely voice on WrestleGrap Radio, the longest-running episodic pro wrestling podcast that has survived since 2005 
You can find it at WrestleCrap.com. You can find me at the finest bingo halls and VFWs <laughs> and shit-stained high school gyms. Because if you uh, let's see here, the biggest city you might find me in. Let's see here, July fifteenth, MWA Pro Wrestling in East Dundee, Illinois. <laughs> uh, we'll be back. We'll be we'll be back to near the Chicago area in uh, see August twenty first, Addison, Illinois, for the Little Italy Fest. I'm gonna eat a bunch of fucking spaghetti and hopefully fuck <laughs> a girl that looks like Lady Gaga. It's gonna be great. <laughs> So wait, wait. So July fifteenth, you're going to be in Illinois. Yes, East Dundee, Illinois, on July fifteenth. Oh shit! Where the is that? Is that the Dundee, Illinois? Is that the place that's by you? I worked a show close by you guys recently. Oh, is that is that's probably the one? Yeah. There's that show uh, that uh, Carcass Deaf Heaven show that weekend in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Mm, Hey. There you go. Well, come out and see the Midnight Rose. Oh, yeah, you, you have You've yet to see indie wrestling until you've seen me. Well, we were. We I'll, were even, I'll, even, I'll, I'll even get drunk and fall off an eight foot stage. <laughs> <laughs> we were. We were kind of missing the fact that you weren't fighting. You weren't wrestling Marty Jannetty, drunk Marty Jannetty. Oh Christ! Wouldn't that be fucking something? Gimmick Midnight Rose versus Drunk Marty Jannetty. I would give it, I'd, I'd sell a kidney to see that. I bet you we nah. could r- arrange that. Do you think so, Corey? Hey. Oh, come on. Let's do it. Let's do it. As oh, long man. as we have a midget referee. <laughs> so, to, clo- to close out the episode, Blade, would you like to uh, serenade us out with a rendition of Kisses My Way? I'm gonna walk like I walk, talk like I talk my way. Jesus fucking Christ. Mm. (laughs) That killed me. Honest to God, that sounds better. I'm gonna go where I go. (laughs) Ain't taking now my way. Number one, MySpace karaoke guy, circa 2007. (laughs) Me. Fuck everybody else. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, YouTube, and anywhere that podcasts are found. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and email us questions, concerns, or just general chatter at astroradiozpodcast at gmail.com. Coming from me, Derek Carey, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. You Amanda, Blade Braxton is on this show. All bets are off. Yeah, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of.
I'm kind of sedated though, man. I kind of feel like a woman. <laughs> Let's not forget, I was the one <laughs> who's been roofing. I was the one who told you what, whoops, what penis docking was the other day. I'm not that delicate of a flower. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, um, before I forget, we were talking about disgruntled employee. Uh, dude, uh, you've got to watch Loving a Vegetable. <laughs> okay, what the fuck is Loving a Vegetable? I think it sounds pretty obvious. Dude, I found it. Um, I, my, my, um, there's still an FYE. DVD music store um, about an hour away from me in Independence, Missouri. And for some odd reason, they seem to get a lot of Bills Above films in. <laughs> Which, A, a the fucking the miracle that there's a standing brick and mortar, freestanding brick and mortar store that's a part of a national dying chain, but uh, and they get in Bill's Above films. It's just fucking the greatest thing ever, man. It's like one of the, it's like the tenth, the tenth wonder of the world. Anyway, I, I so I get this one and I texted. I remember I texted you or Udler. So I was like, man, is this a is this a Above film? And then I found out it was. And uh, so uh, was it Steve? Steve, the bad guy from Disgruntled Employee, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and from Forgive Me for Raping You. Steve shows up at this house that this woman is, is trying to show to sell, and he ties her up and rapes her. But then, like, all these other women come by to, like, look at the house, and he ties them up and does the same thing to them. It's just a very, it's a very good plot. So. <laughs> <laughs> so where does the vegetable come into play, or do I want to know? Oh, well, the woman who was selling the house was crippled. <laughs> what yeah. a tasteful picture this is. <laughs> That's what I assumed when you said vegetable. That's what I assumed. So is, yeah. would, would yeah, you say food porn? Uh, what? That, vegetable doesn't necessarily imply cripple. It implies that they're like brain dead. <laughs> I, 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 something tells me if I walked up to someone in a wheelchair and called him a vegetable, I would be, it would go over great. It would go I'm sure. Poorly at best. <laughs> what are you, some kind of vegetable? No, I hey. a stutter. Hey, 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 Derek, have you ever, have you ever been have you ever been offended when there's a a, a non-stickered person parking in the vegetable parking? <laughs> So what is this? What that is really, this? that really chaps my hide. Chaps my hide. Hey, you fucker! You don't have a vegetable sticker. You can't park there. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What is the symbol for a vegetable for vegetable parking? Uh, someone in a wheelchair with Steve's penis in his mouth. <laughs> is it a big cucumber? Well, yeah. So, would you call "Loving a Vegetable" the spiritual sequel to "Disgruntled Employee"? <laughs> Dude, it kind of feels like I like uh, like I like like uh, "Disgruntled Employee" was like Evil Dead Two, and then this was Army of Darkness. "Loving a Vegetable" is Army of Darkness. So here's I only watched I only watched half of it because I was having so much fun. I wanted to save the rest of the fun for when I'm with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Nothing, no, nothing says fun like, hey, I'm not going to watch the rest of this cripple rape fucking <laughs> salt, Ruffy. 
so I can enjoy it with my, the ones I care the most about. <laughs> my, my, my cripple rape buddies. This is the kind of thing we like to watch. We get together. We don't hang out. We don't commiserate. We sit and watch r- rape films made by Bill's above. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, um, um, the last time I was uh, a couple weeks ago, well, about two weeks ago, I was back at that brick-and-mortar store, and I found Scienceless Fiction, for fuck's sake. Jesus, they'd have to give it away. You remember when we were at... There was two Wednesday, copies of it. You and I walked in there so pissed drunk we could barely see. We sit down, and what was it this one, or was it that... Um, that Brian Williams uh, gimmick where we sit down, we're so drunk we can barely hold our heads up. I look over at you, and you're like, yep, now's the time. And you pull out two strows from your <laughs> from your, your fucking, like, your pants, pockets, and hand me one. It's like, all right, here we go. I, I didn't see scienceless fiction. Um I uh, I was down for the count, but that you're referring to uh, the Brian Williams gimmick. Oh yes. my god! Oh my we were, god! We were we were getting bombarded by that fucking fucking heckler, fucking riffer, or whatever you want to call him. Oh, dude! All I remember, remember is silence, scienceless fiction. We had been talking to Bill that entire day, and he kept shilling it on us the whole fucking day. So we're like, yeah, we'll be there, Bill. We'll be there. So we show up. We're we're so fucking blind drunk that I can barely sit up in the seat. Udler's next to me. And I look over at him. And let, let's just say the first 15 minutes of this movie are, are, are nothing but the worst racial slurs <gasps> uttered by clowns, miniature yeah. clowns, and, and really shitty comp-together like spaceships. Oh my god! <laughs> and and it goes on for a half hour in uh, my brain in slow motion. Women green screened onto like firecracker scenes and stuff like this. <laughs> and I was just I lo- I remember looking over at Corey. Corey just got up and left. Oh. And, and then I was the only one of the group still there. I, I think I lasted another 10 minutes before my brain hurt and I had to leave. Oh, fuck. I had to watch the whole fucking thing. And, but i tell you why. Because I was down in Udler's basement like a fucking cripple. I had nothing else to do. I know he was doing something. Like a vegetable. Yeah, I was a vegetable in the basement. Uh, <laughs> He was upstairs fucking around with his wife and kid, and I was staying at his house, so I had, you know, I had nothing to do but drink strows, eat pretzels, and watch fucking scienceless fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, this sounds like another day in the life at the Udler house. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.